cricket is coming and it's time for a bat. We're going sub some bodies and we'll have a good laugh. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Max CC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is Enhanced Clinical Aesthetics Limited. Enhanced Clinical Aesthetics provide all manner of aesthetic treatment. Delivered by Kirsten, aesthetic nurse practitioner and tutor. There are four locations available for both treatments and training, which are Stockport, Hazelgrove, Wilmslow and Cumbria. You can find more at www.enhanceclinicalaesthetics.com or by searching for them on Facebook. Without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guest. This man is widely regarded as one of the most talented bowlers the club has ever produced. Capable of making any batsman look foolish on his day, he also enjoys giving it the good old long handle on occasion, and especially against Bollington. He's the one man I've been most scared about interviewing, and for very good reason. It's the original house himself, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Craig Melrose. Melly, how are you? Good, mate. Good, mate. You? Yeah, I'm very good indeed. It's uh, lovely to hear your voice and uh, briefly see your face on the camera there. You're looking very well. Thank you very much. And uh, just, just like to say it's uh, about time you got me on this podcast. Well, I mean, look, I've been trying to get you on, but, you, you know, you, you're a very busy man in demand all over the county and indeed uh, in other areas of other counties, which I'm sure we'll get to. But first and foremost, I do believe that you've actually had a new arrival. Would you like to uh, tell us about him? Yeah, yes, uh, we have. Um, so he uh, he arrived on uh, tu- uh, Tuesday. I think it was a Tuesday. Yes, it was the 9th of June. Baby Ellis, born weighing a, a healthy nine pounds six ounces as you can imagine caused all sorts of damage so he's doing very well uh and alan alan baby are just uh through in the lounge at the moment watching a bit of uh snow pierce on netflix so uh so yeah all good thanks mate all good very good well i'm sure i speak from everyone at mac when i say congratulations and uh, really great to hear that uh, everyone's doing well so um yeah congratulations again from all of us other than obviously the new arrival how are you kind of been dealing with the lockdown and everything very different ends of the spectrum really i suppose i mean um i've been going out to work as normal right but i say as normal but you know uh, working throughout whereas al's been the complete opposite really um she was um she's not been in work since i think probably around about the end of february early march so she was she was at home long before sort of the official um lockdown kicked in her, her employers sent her home with sent her home with her being obviously by that point fairly heavily pregnant so she had uh so she was she was at home for, for, for quite a while but then obviously not long after the um the schools and obviously nurseries and stuff sort of shut down and stuff so she she was at home looking after fear and stuff but yeah you know a bit like most people i suppose you know pretty bored of it now to be perfectly honest you know hopefully we can um return to, to some 
form of normality soon. Whether that'll happen or not, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, just, just trying to be safe as possible, I suppose, like everybody else, mate. Good to hear. And uh, you've just alluded to it a little bit briefly there, but do you want to tell us what you do when you're not playing cricket? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I suppose probably quite surprising for, for most people. I seem to have a, a relatively uh, good job. <laughs> um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, so I, uh, I work in... Um, community mental health services uh, specifically uh, within the sort of forensic area um, so that, that that basically entailed you know having a, a caseload in the community working with males who have a diagnosis of a serious mental illness so sort of typically schizophrenia but unfortunately um, may have not been uh, the best behaved in the past, shall we say? So, um, so they come to me in the good end. I would say they've they've been through the criminal justice system, been through treatments in hospital, and then they are deemed to be, um, I suppose, safe um, to be um, discharged or released into the community. And then uh, I work with various agencies, police, probation wider mental health services uh, and we oversee them uh, back in the community to make sure that they behave themselves shall we say and i've no doubt you are an incredible role model and mentor in that department i mean can you imagine you know <laughs> like i i go to work on a daily basis and i i i tell people off for drinking <laughs> no comment I'm, I'm sure we'll get to some of that a bit later on but uh, as we're here on a cricketing podcast Melly we, we best talk about a little bit of cricket so what would you say your earliest cricketing memories are well I mean you know uh, for those that have listened to uh, Jim's podcast Jim being my older brother yes older um, <laughs> you heard that right ladies and gentlemen he did say he is, he is definitely older um, and, and I, I suppose similar to, to you know, uh, Curly, Chris, uh, Mitch is, you know, um, Jim sort of uh, started, got involved with cricket, should I say, um, a few years ahead of me. Jim's three years older than me. So I sort of followed Jim's suit, really. I, I, would, I imagine most people know that, that me and Jim come from a sort of uh, sporting family, or, albeit uh, a Glaswegian sporting family. But we, we grew up across from the cricket Cricket pit, the cricket field, to say the cricket club. So, like I said, Jim sort of fell into it. I followed suit. My my earliest memory, an actual fact, and it's quite a vague memory. It was in an in, indoor hall, actually, and it would have been probably um, I don't know how old I would have been. I, I mean, six, seven, perhaps. I don't. I'm not quite sure. Indoors with the sort of uh, Parkside junior section and it was an old hall that used to be on the field where there's, a, there's actually houses there now and it, it's just by East Cheshire Hospice there that used to be a, a big field there with no houses football pitch and it used to be from memory a sort of an old I don't know sort of like gym hall like school hall and I just remember being in there uh, practice catching and that that is that, that that is completely random I know completely random but that is my earliest memory of cricket. And then I suppose from there it was, you know, having an older brother. Jim knocked around with a couple of older guys that sort of lived within sort of two minutes of, of where we grew up. A guy called Matty Dingle, I, I believe, actually went on to play quite a lot of cricket for Chelford. And another guy called uh, Dave Morris, who I don't think uh, had any sort of real cricketing credentials, shall we say. And I just remember we used to have stumps on the front lawn at ours. 
and it was it was quite a natural sort of area really. So the front of our lawn, we used to have a we used to have a on the old school lawn mowers used to get used to have like a sort of metal uh, catching cup thingy. I think you still get them on the bigger mowers, but I don't know what it was called. Anyway, we used to use that as stumps. Of course, Jim was Jim was behind the stumps with the gloves on from a very early age. And Matty, to be fair, wasn't the worst bowler, actually. And I just remember uh, we used to have like a, in a little private area at the bottom of a cul-de-sac on the Whitfield. The entrance to our little private area, to compare to the entrance of the sorry, start of our front yard, front garden, was, was quite a sort of natural um, size for, for junior cricket. So that used to be where you bowled from at the entrance of the private bit. And then the, the crease was the front of our sort of grass area at the front. And I just remember snicking off for fun and then refusing to, 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 to not bat. I didn't hit that. I didn't hit that. Not a chance. Didn't hit that. So they said, to, to carry on bowling and had bat all day. I can't imagine you ever continued that into your senior cricket and uh, refusing to walk or saying you didn't nick it. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, if, if you're asking me if I'm a walker there, I'm, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. You know, as a bowler, I think, well... You know, there's nothing worse when someone snicks it and stands there. But then as a batsman, I think, well, to be fair, I need, I need all the help I can get. Do you know what I mean? So if I can get away with one now and again, then... It's a tricky one, isn't it, when you're when you're a bowler, or predominantly a bowler, and you're certainly... Well, you're a much better bowler than me, and you're definitely a much better batsman than me. But um, not that it takes much. But I, when you're predominantly a bowler or consider yourself a bowler, it's, it's always a bit of a... A tough situation when it comes to walking. I have to say, I'm going to take stick for this. I am a walker. I will walk if I've nicked it. But only because I think I hate it to the nth degree when people don't walk when they've nicked it off me. But of course, batsmen will say, oh, you don't walk. That's what the umpire's job's for. Well, you've led nicely on to, um, you know, something we'll probably talk later on in the podcast involving uh, my uh, best figures for Mac. That, that that day actually involves a very funny story. It does involve a chap nicking it and not walking, but we'll, we'll get on to that uh, further further into the podcast, I'm sure, mate. We certainly will indeed. You are you're teeing these things up nicely and tantalising the audience, I'm sure, Craig. You talked a little bit there about, obviously, junior uh, cricket and training with Parkside, and obviously your brother did the same and i think quite interestingly i think dc mentioned about the sort of original days of setting up the junior section at parkside and i think he mentioned about training in this sports hall and the fact that he'd gone and got a lot of old uh, old gear from the school and all that sort of stuff so it's nice to hear these sort of things merge together but i assume that you were sort of involved with mac either alongside or did you did you transition over or how did that come about well i mean uh, i didn't play for Parkside anywhere near as much as Jim did. Um, again, I remember at a very early age where obviously our second ground is now, which was, which was Parkside's ground back in the day. If you just sort of venture out into the car park there to the left of the ground, that's actually where the community mental health team is based now. But one of those buildings used to be like an old sort of, I don't know what you want to call it, like a like they've got up at Broken Cross, a conservative club or whatever. Yeah, a, a, a social yeah. club. A social club. And, it was a, they were, and I remember being there when I was very, very young and winning an award of some description. Can't for the life of remember what it was, I'm honest. That's one memory I've got from sort of junior days at Parkside. I think if I remember right, that that was probably playing in the same team as Jim, so probably playing a few years ahead of, of obviously my, my normal age group. And then, yeah, I think I played, maybe. And I, I, could, be, I could be misremembering here, but I literally like one or two games for Parkside seconds. And I think one of the games, 
I got about, I think I got about 40 odd with the bat. Um, now, what age would I have been? I don't know, maybe 12, maybe something like that. Um, and then I just remember, but obviously by this point, I was already playing juniors at Mac and, and had been for, for, for probably a good few years. And then sort of very quickly from there, remember them playing a lot of my sort of senior cricket at Mac. So from the age of about 12, I was playing third team, which back then was uh, a Sunday uh, Sunday team. Um, and I, someone has touched on this in one of their podcasts, but forgive me, I can't remember who. Playing with, obviously, Jim, uh, Mark Patterson, uh, Ian Roberts, um, Nashi, who's... There's some players in the academy now. John Dagnan, Phil Dagnan. I think it might have been Verge actually that mentioned in his podcast. So, yeah, I d- didn't really play an awful lot at, at Parkside when I was younger. You know, I think it'd be fair to say that cricketing ability was uh, noticed very early on, Miles. And, uh, <laughs> they thought, well, we can't let this, can't let this absolute uh, legend go to, go to waste at Parkside, so we'll get him over to Mac. And there began the uh, the road to... Uh... Well, you know, from, from there, mate, you know, if you want me to be really honest, you know, and I'm not bragging, but I think I played probably a couple of years in the threes, did all right, you know, never, never really scored. Many runs, got a 50, bowled pretty well. And then I think I played about three games in the twos and got, maybe a couple of fives and a 90-odd, and then from then on, was in the first team. So, went from sort of junior cricket through the ranks pretty quickly, you know, and obviously on from there, on to a Macclesfield CC legend. So, <laughs> you know. I was about to say that, and you've, you've <laughs> taken, taken the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I've got to be honest, mate, you know, I mean, you've had some absolute duffers on the podcast. I mean, <laughs> Darren, Darren Berry, Evan Gulbis, uh, Nick Burtis, and Tom Scully... I mean, what have they done in the game? Let's be honest, who were they? You know, have they ever got 30 wickets from the first team? No. No, they have Oh dear. Well, I mean, Bert bowled at me once or twice in the nets, and I think he was under bowled. Uh, I think nobody else in the history of cricket would agree with me, but you know, under bowled, Nick Burtis, you can, you can, you can quote me on that. I've got to be honest, I didn't play a lot with Burtis. In all fairness. Um, so you know he may he, he may have been under bold. I, I I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, we'll leave that up to the bait, shall we say? Yeah, I'm not sure he was. Now, obviously, you've just you've talked about your metronomic rise through the the ranks of Macclesfield. Rapid, mate. It was absolutely rapid. Quicker than you, or? Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've just figured out actually. You know, doing some research for this, 2019, apparently. Uh, stumping. Apparently, there was a stumping in one of my wickets. I have no recollection of this. Turns out it was against uh, Brooklands, obviously uh, by Jim. So I've, I've I've dropped him a quick message saying I've got absolutely no recollection of this. Jim remembers it vividly, of course. Uh like yeah. Well, what do you, what do you say about that? I mean, all I can say is you know, twenty years of you know, supposedly fast bowling. Takes its toll after a while, mate. You know, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. I, t- I, t- I don't know what whether you'd agree with me here, but um, there's nothing worse. And I think Darren, you talk about Darren Berry. He actually mentioned it on his podcast. So I I alluded to this ludicrous stumping he he made off Paul Rifle. I watched it on YouTube actually after it was mentioned in the podcast. Yeah, I watched it. It, yeah. it is outrageous. But he he says you know any any sort of fast bowler absolutely seething any time a, a keeper comes up and gets over the sticks. 
And um, I don't know if you're anything like me, but Mitch Moores has occasionally tried it to me. God knows why. God love him. Mate, he couldn't catch a cold, could he? Well, I have to say that as soon as I see a keeper come up to the stumps, I, I am sort of more than inclined, should we say, to just start firing them down leg stump and until uh, until they've given away a few buys and get back where they should be. But no, of course, I don't do that, really. I, I just, I'm not very good at bowling. Um, but I, yeah, it's, it, it is very aggravating when a wicketkeeper comes up to the sticks. I think we can both agree about that. Oh, mate. Uh, yeah, I, uh... <laughs> I'm not sure I have a stumping in my wickets though. So I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, "What is this?" And then I looked and I thought, "2019, like, what is going on there? That's got to be an error." No, apparently not. When you said I, I, I've got a stumping, I thought you actually meant in your fielding statistics. No, um, because of course, having listened to to Jim's podcast, he um, and I dug up some errant stats where he's got some of your wickets. I think it was was it two or three or maybe a fourfer or something outrageous. So you're actually short four wickets, Melly. Short four wickets, right? Let's put this right <laughs> right now. Um, anyway, I am I am sure. I, I don't even know how. I, I don't even know how many. Too many, too many to count, but that's fine. You know, I mean, if Ports wants to, you know, take the accolade of, you know, leading first team wicket taker, then that's fine. Let him have it. You know, I mean, let's be honest. He is about 60. So he's been playing forever, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? So he should have more wickets than me. And then, you know, to add salt into the wound, I ball 15 overs every week at top order batsman. He comes on, burgles a three or four at the end and starts bragging about it. Hey, oh. listen, it, it takes a lot of skill to bowl donkey droppers and straight breaks. Well, what, what can you say? You know, the old double bouncer works every time, doesn't it? No comment. Um, now, just before we get on to some stats and stuff, um, I did just want to talk very briefly about sort of your, you know, we talk about your journey and your, your metronomic rise at Mac. Um, you did go on to play some representative cricket a bit higher up up the standard, should we say. Do you, do you want to talk about that? We can do, if you'd like. So, yeah, I played a, sort of a bit of Cheshire just the twos in my younger days. Probably going back uh, to 2002. So I remember playing time. Uh, a chap called Steve Bramall was, was sort of captain of that side. He was a he was a chap that had played sort of uh, played at Knotts. Uh, I think it was Knotts he played at. He played, he'd also played at Mac actually in, in the nineties, but at that time was at Bowden. Picked me and I did all right. To be fair, mate, got a few wickets. You know, I wasn't wasn't pick from a batting by any sort of any stretch of the imagination but did pretty well with the ball and then from there sort of ended up playing at Bowdoin for, for for a few years and uh, that kind of came about I think I'd done pretty well at done pretty well for sort of Cheshire Twos played against Yorkshire Academy at Upton played against Durham Academy at Mobley got some wickets and then anyway yeah played a, played a, played a little bit did alright and then suffered a little bit of an injury sort of around 2005 2006 came back to Mac in 2007 uh, and contrary to uh, play cricket stats had an absolute barnstorming year <laughs> I mean everyone talks about not getting a ball go and get a ball because I got the <laughs> wickets mate that's why <laughs> let's be honest I don't know anyway you know got, got, got about I don't know got, got a lot of wickets I think I was not too short of 50 wickets that year done pretty well to be fair and I think it was we won promotion that year I mean we were, we were a good side that year uh, you know we probably had a core of seven or eight guys that did that were good cricketers um, 
you know, myself, uh, Barney, the ball, Sad Patterson, he, I think he, I think he plays at Langley now. Uh, played played juniors at Mac for years and then played senior. I think he plays at Langley now. Being sort of side regging each other on really with regards to the wickets, we were sort of toe for toe for a while. Um, obviously, Evan was just smashing it every week, just a different level really, even. Even at young age, he was back then, really. And we got promoted that year. It was a fantastic year. We won the plate, I think. We got promoted. You know, obviously, Barney Barney got one of the wickets as well. Well led by Barney's captain, Carlin Parker, coming through his juniors. We just had a, a really good young side. I got promoted. And then start of uh, 2008, I think it was, if I remember rightly. We're in the, obviously back in the Prem. Carried on sort of taking quite, quite a lot of wickets. I think I ended up having about 30 wickets halfway through the season. Again, which is not reflected on play cricket, but uh, got a call up uh, again to the Session 2 side to play at Durham away. So, happy days as far as I'm concerned. Magnificent. So, uh, at that time, I think it might have been his first year at Mac. A guy called Jimmy, James Hawley, Jimmy Hawley. He was also on the trip and um, obviously went up to Durham. I think I headed up with... Um, Bezza from Hyde and a chap called Sandy Scrimmager, who was sort of team manager at the time. He's unfortunately passed away now, but a Scottish guy, cracking fella. So arrived, obviously arrived up in Newcastle and all of a sudden, envelope full of cash, ERK, gives you money for a couple of days, you know, food money or whatever, match fees. I can't remember, to be perfectly honest. And um, let's just say, um, had a rather big night the night before the game. Sat in the bar in the hotel, as you do having a couple of beers, as you do. And uh, typi- typical of uh, CF Melrose, went a bit too heavy. And I mean a bit too heavy. So uh, next thing I remember, someone at our room door, absolutely just knocking 10 bells out of it. Melrose, Melrose. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, what is going on? Wake up. It's a chap called Jim Law, uh, a chap from Chester. Um, who I believe actually was on, recently on BBC News, uh, pleading poverty for Chester over the COVID-19. Anyway, regardless, he was not happy. Team manager, I've slept in. Team have all gone to the ground. I wake up, absolutely steamboat still from the night before. <laughs> I, I'm in a bad way. Jimmy Hall is asleep next to me in the bed. Not in, not in the same bed, I might add, in another single bed. And um, anyway, quickly get up. Right, right, Jim, give me a second, mate. Jumped in the shower, rinsed myself off, you know, as you do. Didn't even have time to do the hair. And back then, it was a, it was a, it was a sight to behold. Back then, glorious Buffon, was it, mate? Right, I got a nickname many years ago, Screech. Yoz's wife Claire gave me this nickname, Screech. Honestly, it it, it was Screech all day long. Right? <laughs> so the team have gone, gone. I can't remember where we were playing. Gone to the ground. Ben Stokes is playing this day. Smashed it everywhere. Got like 150 or something. Anyway, we're in his car. Convertible Audi on the way to the game. And I am rough. And I, and I mean, I am rough as. Anyway, halfway to the ground, I am puking out the side of his car onto the road on the way to the game. I get there, completely oblivious. Like, you know, I would have been 21, 22. Mate, I didn't give a I was completely oblivious. Got to the ground. I'm playing with guys like Dicko, Rolo, like all these boys. They thought it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Newt's from that witch. He's captain. He's like these boys thought it was absolutely hysterics. I'm like, we'll be fine. Bat first, please, please. Bat first, bat first. Anyway, right, boys. 
go bowling. Oh, no. <laughs> oh I'm in trouble here. I'm in big trouble. A, a, a very long story, short, shall I say. Uh, ended up getting Pfeiffer, bowled pretty well, whilst um, puking down at the final leg in between overs, supping uh, buckets of water and eating salt, salt, really salty crisps. <laughs> Isotonic sports water, was it? Oh, mate. I like and unsurprisingly, unsurprisingly, never picked again for Cheshire at any level. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you had a good night out on someone oh, else's buck. <laughs> mate. Like, I mean, I look back now and think, well, you know, it, like, it was, you know, it's a shame really because if I'm, if I'm honest, I would, you know, if, if I'm really honest, I would, I would have loved to have at least played one game in, in the sort of, you know, the Cheshire first, first team really, just to sort of, Pick my wits against you know guys at that level. Obviously, we've been looking off over the years. I've had a, a few guys that have done it. You know, Tatey did pretty well. Cal did very well. Barney, mm, you know, only played because he was available. That's, just, that's all we should say really on that. <laughs> but uh, but no no. In, in all seriousness, I, you know, I would I would love to have, have, have played. You know, whether whether that incident had anything to do with it, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I think. After sort of 2008, I didn't play 2009. And I think between sort of 2010 and 2014, 15, I, I, I didn't really bowl that well. Didn't get that many wickets. So obviously probably didn't deserve to be picked, you know. And, and you know, but it's a shame. You know, I suppose it's, it is one regret that I've got that I look back on and think, wow, you know, I never, I never even got an opportunity just to play one game. But, you know. It was a good night in Newcastle. That's all I could say. Well, that's that's the main thing, isn't it? <laughs> you know. I, to add to that story, it transpires actually. The following after the first day's play, I went back to the hotel. The boys are going out into Newcastle, as you can imagine, big night out. And I'm like, oh, boys, I'm rough as a badger. I can't go out honestly. Like, I'm, I'm off to stay in. Anyway, turns out over to the staff talking. I went to the wrong floor the night before, thinking my room was on a different floor. Puked all over that floor as well. Got back in the lift, puked over the lift as well. <laughs> and then uh, finally found my room. So, uh, and you wonder why we all say you're absolutely feral. It's just a liability, mate. You know what I mean? Absolute I do. Liability. <laughs> all, I, all I can say is Alex is one lucky lady, mate. <laughs> She's uh, a very well-tempered lady, I'm sure. I'm actually texting now to go get the beer out of the fridge. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, I thought we'd move on to talk about some of your stats now, Craig. You've already given us the caveat about the fact that uh, there are some missing. Jim's burgled a load of your wickets. You know, you're very hard done to. Early days aren't on there, but uh, I'm going to give you them for what they are. We're going to talk about your batting first. So, in all, um, you've played 216 games with 169 innings, 31 not outs, scoring 2,835 runs with a recorded high score of 89, and uh, 23 ducks, which I'm quite pleased about there. Hey, that's a lot of ducks, then, isn't it? That's a lot of ducks. Can I tell you a story about ducks? Just to put in intervene, sorry, quickly. So... 2003, the winter 2003, I, uh, I left Macclesfield, I went to play for a team called Bowdoin, same league, over in Old Tringham. Anyway, I can account for five of those ducks. Uh, went to Bowdoin, it's a bit of an all-rounder really, got some wickets against him, scored a few runs as well. I mean, I say all-rounder, you know, sort of opening bowler, that sort of seven. But, you know, went with sort of some high expectations, young lad, going to be a good player, going to do quite well. Anyway, my uh, first five innings for Bowden was first ball, first ball, 
second ball, first ball, second ball. <laughs> and they, uh, so one of my nicknames is uh, the Olympic rings. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, moving on to your bowling stats. And I think, you know, you've talked about it a little bit there. Obviously, you do consider yourself more of a bowler. You know, you might have had flirted with a bit of the all-rounders tag over the years. You know, you've obviously yeah. scored, scored a lot of very useful runs, come in occasionally um, and done some serious damage and also come in and, and, and scored important runs and, and got, got the team over the line. But um, your bowling is really where it's at, I think. It's fair to yeah, say. Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. In all, you've bowled 2,237.1 overs with 468 maidens, uh, taking 387 wickets with a best bowling of 7 for 19. And you've also taken 19 five-wicket hauls. Um, just to fill in the rest, you've got an average of 20.5 and a strike rate of 34. So some some pretty good numbers there. Anything anything jump out at you? Uh... Other than I've been amazing, not really. Um, <laughs> Very good. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, obviously, some of those wickets were were taken. The second team, um, you know, had a, had a sort of a spell there between. I think it was probably 2014, apart the part way through 2014 to sort of part way through 2016. So, I think it would probably be fair to say that maybe. I don't know, 70 of those wickets were, were in the second team. You know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, you know, uh, captains that perhaps don't, or, or see your role as different to how you see it, you know, it, it is what it is, I suppose, you know. But yeah, pretty pleased with that overall. I mean, you know, without, in all seriousness, you know, there, there are some stats missing there. But, you know, ultimately, you don't, you don't generally play the game to look back and think, well, I got you know this many wickets, unless you're on Porter, <laughs> or, or that many runs. You know, what I mean, the mem- the memories that I've got from from playing at, at Mac over the years, going back to sort of the very early two thousands, I've been lucky enough to probably have played in maybe four or three or four different teams, played with some seriously good, uh, you know, good, good cricketers over the years, and if if I'd been able to contribute to a couple of a couple of games that were won then you know uh, even better as far as I'm concerned so thank you for your continued support of the podcast since the debut episode 14 weeks ago we have amassed over 4,000 unique downloads from 14 different countries including one very dedicated listener from Sweden to say the podcast has developed quicker than I ever thought it would would be an understatement As such, I would like to offer listeners the opportunity to become more involved with the podcast by becoming patrons. The podcast is currently self-funded, and with your help, I would like to continue to develop the quality and content. For anyone interested in this, please visit patreon, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash get it whacked, or you can find a link in the description of the podcast. Thank you. We're uh, we're going to go to go on to talk about a couple of those now, actually, Craig. Um, the first is uh, a game from the eighteenth of August, two thousand and twelve. Um, this is Macclesfield's first team in the Premier League versus Oldley Edge, um, and this is in fact your uh, your best bowling figures of seven for nineteen. On the day, Oldley Edge won the toss and elected to field, with Mac posting two hundred twenty five for nine off their fifty five overs. Got a little. Little cheeky fourteen towards the end of the innings, and then uh, your brother and Barney came in and uh, stitched it, batting first, 
Um, but posted uh, 225 for nine, as I say. Then in reply, big game always against Soldley Edge. You know, we've had some cracking games over the years against them. We've, we've certainly been on the wrong end of some results, but um, we've also pleasingly been on the right end of it. And this is certainly one of the uh, the right end results because Soldley Edge were bowled out for 79 in 29.2 overs. Yourself, you open the bowling with uh, Mr. Ian Tate. You bowled 14.2 overs. Eight maidens, seven for nineteen. Do you remember much about the game or about any of the wickets? Uh, well, I suppose you know naturally uh, remember lots. I say lots, but remember more about the second half of the game. Um, had a little look at this before I played cricket. Um, obviously, we batted first and got um, two to five. I think you said. I mean, unbelievably, if I if I remember rightly, I think Rob Porter got runs this day, uh, ninety or is eighty odd or something like that. I have absolutely no memory of that, so that tells you how good innings it was. You know, I mean, like that must have been full of of edges and you know Chinese cuts. Not a single cover drive in sight. Let's be honest. But but no, in all honesty, on you know, in, in all seriousness, I don't remember much about. The first innings, obviously, we've got two to five. It's a pretty good total. What I do remember is it was it was a pretty tasty wicket. I mean, there was there was a, there was quite a bit in it, if, if I remember rightly. Um, so to post two to five, um, you know, would have been you know way above par from what I remember. I mean, you know, I could be misremembering, but I, I, I remember it being a bit of bit of a green one, really. Um, and then, you know, second half, I mean, 79 all out. And what can you say? They've been absolutely blown away there, haven't they? They've been on the end of it, it has to be said. I mean, I've, I, in all seriousness, I've got to be honest, this is not, um, it, it, you know, although it may be my best bowling stats, it is certainly not the best ever bowled, I can tell you that for sure. I remember knocking Alan Day over. I tell a lie, actually, I remember Tatey. I think Tatey snicked off... Uh, um, Cousin Mark Curry very early on, and I was so happy because Cousin I just could not get Cousin out for love nor money. And Tatey always knocked him over. So as soon as he went, I just remember feeling very, very confident, thinking, "Well, I have to deal with Cousin now. I can just, you know, I can just concentrate on what I'm going to do." I was confident against Alan Day because I always knocked Daisy over. LBW left-hander, you know, in them days, you didn't generally swing it in. But anyway, just. Always, always, always got him at LBW. Anyway, lo and behold, you know, LBW is gone. And I think they've been two down pretty early on. I mean, 10 for, maybe 10 for, I was going to say maybe 10, I don't know, 10, 15 for two, maybe, I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, regardless. And then from there, mate, I just, it, it wasn't the best I've ever bowled. I remember, I remember Callum Rowe being caught at, it, it may have been short mid-wicket or it could have even been a genuine mid-wicket by Jack Ward. Good catch, low down. Timed it nicely, but Ward took a great catch. I remember maybe two or even three being caught at mid-on or mid-off. Like, real sort of, you know, I mean, not genuine wickets as as, as we would say as a bowler, but, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I suppose it would be fair to say that, um, you know, I enjoyed ruffling a few feathers against the edge, enjoyed the verbals. I don't think I was particularly well liked. Don't think I am to this day. 
Um, and I just remember guys coming out being really aggressive against me, trying to take me on. And just the, the, the wickets just kept falling, mate, just kept falling. Um, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, seven for 19. It, I mean, I suppose this spell kind of sums up bowling as a whole, really. There are days where you're running and you've just got it on a string. You know what you want to do and you're able to do it. And batsmen just don't nick it or, you know, the, the nicks just drop short or whatever it might be. The decisions don't quite go your way. Or you come away thinking of bold, you know, 15 overs, two for 25. And you think, I bowled really well there today. You know, I've just not got the rewards. And there's other days where you just think, I've actually not bowled that well there. And you come away with like five or six or seven. And, and that was... From what I can remember, that was definitely one of these days where actually I just don't I don't don't remember bowling that that well. But you look at the stats and you just think, Jesus Christ, he's had a he's had a day out there. Do you know what I mean? He's had an absolute field day. But it was just it was just one of those days. And obviously, all the more sweeter for for you know it being against Alderley and you know uh, coming away with with twenty five. You know, is always a always a nice feeling. You know. Absolutely, and and as I say, you know, any time you sort of taking more than five wickets, well, taking five wickets or more in in a game of cricket, you, you know, you're doing a big job for your team. And I've said this in Witters' podcast. Obviously, he's got a lot of fifers. You you're the same. You've got 19. That just kind of shows that you know you're not just taking wickets. You you're having a big influence. And you know, we joke about you know Rob coming on and bowling his donkey droppers and getting three or four at the end. But in in reality, you and I as bowlers know that. When you're taking top order batsmen, people like Daisy and Rowie or whatever, you, you're, you're influencing the game, and and obviously that's something you did that day. Funny story about this day, actually, and uh, some people may know about the story, but a lot of people might not know about the story. So Rowie's a guy that played played at Bollington prior to playing Aldley. He's a really young lad. Obviously, the guys are you know a seriously talented cricketer. So there's no doubt about that. Um, and I don't think he'd long been at Aldley to be honest. Anyway. Prior to him going to Old Lake, obviously he was at Bolly, big rivalry, and we just abused him. I mean, when I say, I mean, I mean, you know, it, we just absolutely just laid into him every opportunity we could get, whether it be me. I think I remember, I remember Gulbis having a go at him at one point. I think Yoz had had a couple of pops at him at some point as well. He's gone to Old and I don't know the guy from Adam. Don't know him at all, but you know. Uh, People who know me, I play my cricket in a certain way. You know, I, I like to play it fierce and competitive on the pitch. But generally, you know, off the pitch, I haven't been with anybody. And I, I bothered or shit people's hands. You know, it's never personal, really. You know, I, I'm sure I've overset the mark a couple of times in my career. But on this occasion, it, there was nothing sort of said to him. But he, he snicked off. He snicked off uh, to Jim, I think it was. I think Jim was keeping him that day. Big snick, anyway. He's not walked, fair enough. Umpire's not given it, fair enough. Anyway, by this point, I'm steaming. Like, like steam is coming out of my ears. Like I'm not happy. So anyway, an over or two later, he's absolutely smashed this one off his legs. Half oh, folly on leg stump, creamed it. Wardy catched it, caught it, hit it. short mid wicket or whatever mid wicket. Good catch. And he's obviously turned to walk off. And I've just like lost the plot. Got running after him, right down. He's walking off. So he was at the at the at the clubhouse end. He's gone to walk off towards the steps. 
we're all cheering. The guys have all gone towards Wardy to celebrate a good catch. I've gone charging after him towards the steps, got right in his face. Going out, come on! Anyway, like their 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 boys have absolutely gone up in arms about it. Like even like in every. Cal thought it was absolutely hilarious. Still thinks it's the funniest thing he's ever seen on a cricket pitch. Anyway, so about, I don't know, maybe a couple of overs later, five, ten overs later, whatever, I'm still bowling, but down at fine leg, obviously, at the car park end, at the Vicky Road end, and he's come walking around with one of his teammates, and I've sort of said to him, oh, look, you know, mate, you know, I, I'm really sorry that was bang out of order. You know, I mean, I'm a controversial character to say the least. But you know, I think if I've done wrong, I think at some point, whether it be soon after the event or a bit after, I will hold my hands up and apologise. I, I said to him, "Look, I was bang out of order. I'm really sorry." Like you know, blah blah blah. blah. Anyway, told me to sort of you know f off, off or whatever. So I was like, "All right, fair enough. Probably deserved that. Didn't didn't sort of bite back." Anyway, the games ended. We've obviously won. Walking off, shaking hands, shook his hand, and I apologised again, and sort of said, "Oh, look, mate, you know, I'm, I, I just want to apologise again. It was bang out of order, you know. I shouldn't have done it." By the way. So that was fine. But anyway, about sort of half an hour, an hour after the game, we're having a beer or whatever, and it turns out Barney, obviously, was captain at the time. Bless him. Uh, I think, I, I mean, I want to say Simon, but I don't think it was Sam. I think it was actually Gary Foy at the time. Um, was we're just fighting my corner left, right, and centre where the umpires try not to get the band because they were absolutely disgusted about what I'd done. <laughs> it turns out Rowie was like, Rowie in, in Alan Day, who was captain of Aldi, had gone to the umpires, made this big complaint or whatever. So Barney came and got me, ended up in the clubhouse after the, you know, just with the umpires and the two captains and me and, and Rowie sort of thing. Basically saying, oh, I was bang out of order, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, mate, but I've apologised to you twice. Stop being like a little bitch. <laughs> and Barney was like, Craig, just apologise. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate, should have done that. So I very, very narrowly uh, avoided a ban. One of many occasions in my career. Um, and remarkably, I've never actually been banned. Um, but, uh, yeah, funny story that, that Cal still chuckles about to this day. We have a good... We have a good chuckle about it. I think Rowie was quite bitter about that for a long, long time, to be fair. But I, um, you know, um, just one who uh, uh, sort of put it out there. Really. It, it certainly wasn't anything personal, but it was definitely funny. In fact, it was hilarious. <laughs> very, very good indeed. Well, um, you've you've mentioned throughout the course of the podcast, you've, you've mentioned a few names, a few characters from the club, and... Um, We've actually got a few uh, few people who've, who've wanted to ask you some questions. We've we've done this little segment before. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a phone in, but um, I've got a few guests, friends of the podcast, and, few fans. Uh, and a, yeah, a few, few, fans. few fans, few uh, few people who've not actually made an appearance yet, who've uh, just got a few questions for you, Craig. So what I'd oh, like wow. to do is uh, is is play some of these and, and and see what you think. Hi, Craig. Cal here. Please confirm or deny. Does Jim Morrow is your brother? appeal more often and more enthusiastic when you bowl than when anyone else does? Well, um, you know, what, what, what can I say? Um, it, I mean, it, well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I suppose it would be fair to say that the general consensus within the first team is that Jim appeals more often and a lot louder uh, when I'm bowling. Um, would I confirm or deny that? 
Ah, well, you know, um, I think that, that, yeah, well, I think that's, I think that's fair to say. You know, I mean, I I need all help I can get, mate. Do you know what I mean? You know. I can tell you for free, all Cal wanted you to do was confirm that. Because, in his words, it was indefensible. I mean, mean, what do you want me to say? He he does, you know. It's it's brotherly love for you. And I love him for it, mate. I love him for it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, over over the years, has he got many extra wickets by his loud appealing? Probably not. Has he got me a lot of wickets by his catching ability? Uh, Undoubtedly. So, you know, make make of that what you will, I suppose, you know. Well, moving on to our, our next question for you, Melly. Hi, lads. The Better Flint here. Just wanted to ask Craig uh, if anything interesting happened at Oxen Away a couple of years ago and perhaps if you did a spot of gardening. Cheers. Oh, Dick Flint. What have he been up to? Hey, Oh, Dick. Well, yeah, this actually is... And I forgot all about this, actually. This is a very, very... Uh, well, I, I say funny... Funny for others, it wasn't particularly funny for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Oxton away. Um, uh, bowling bowling first, I think we bowled. Yeah, I think we bowled first. I think we did. 2017, um, I, you know, I mean, uh, Chris Moore's pulls his hair out. Well, well what has got left of it anyway? Um you know, I'm, I shall I say I'm well known for sort of making a hefty mark uh, when I when I'm bowling. So um, mark my run up out. Of course, you get the the umpire's sort of uh, you know little uh, little circular marker for the for the, for the run up. But I'm unique, I suppose, in that respect. I've I have two lines when I when I from a run up. So I have a sort of my initial line, and I have about a line about a yard behind it as well. And I think maybe in hindsight, I go a little bit overboard with sort of, uh, you know, I'm a bit, a bit, uh, I get a bit excitable when marking run up, shall I say. A bit aggressive with your gardening, you might say. A bit aggressive with the gardening. So anyway, this day at Oxton, you know, as I would normally do, over the wicket, mark the run up out, mark the run up, you know, place my umpire's marker down. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not aware of any problems at all. Running and bowl, running and bowl. Think maybe bowled an over or two like I would normally do. Then I think right, okay, round the wicket I come. Um, so of course, uh, umpire gonna come round the wicket. Yeah, no problems, mate. So I then mark my run up again, but from round the wicket, right? <laughs> As I'm doing this, there's a obviously a guy on the boundary, thick Scouse accent, going absolutely feral, right? Like I mean, feral. He is he is lost his <laughs> right. He's He's walking onto the pitch. I told you about And I haven't got a clue what this guy's saying, right? Anyway, it turns out he's the groundsman, right? And he's pretty precious about his outfield. And I've just made four humongous scuff marks in it, right? So, you know, anyway, middle of the game, I'm looking at him. Everyone's looking at me while I'm looking at him. The guy down the strikers ends looking at the looking at the, looking at the groundsman, and I'm like, "What's your problem, mate? Don't get your knickers in a twist." Right? <laughs> anyway, that is it. Then he is so red. I'll I'll fucking knock you out, pal, and all this. And I'm like, "Whoa!" whoa. Anyway, next ball, one inch stick. Right, see you later, mate. Bye bye. <laughs> and that's only half the story. Right? That's only half the story. So anyway, 
I, that particular day, bowled pretty well. I think I got, I think I got a five for a six, but I bowled about like a hundred or whatever at Oxton down the hill. Happy days. Went into tea, not a problem. Had a bite to eat. Obviously, we're batting. Now at Oxton, for those people that haven't played at Oxton before, there's a there's a there's a balcony outside the changing rooms. Obviously, you look down to the ground, and obviously, lads have gone out to bat second innings. I'm sat up on the balcony with the rest of the boys, but uh, Dick Flint. And uh, his little his little piece to him on the, on the left, his little his little his little bud. Uh, she's uh, scoring with him. Anyway, uh, scorer comes up. Uh, sorry, groundsman comes up up the stairs, doesn't he? Up to the balcony. Where's that opening bowler? Oh, for for sake. Right here we go. Right, I'm here, mate. Anyway, starts laying into me big time. Who do you think you are? And I'm like, and to be fair, for once, right, for once, I was like, look, mate, I'm like, I'm really sorry. I, I wasn't trying to upset you, I, you know, I, like, if, 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 if I've upset you, upset you by marking your outfield, I'm really sorry. So I was trying to sort of be, you know, adult about it. And I, I offered an apology. Anyway, the guy kept going, kept going. In the end, they turned around and said, look, mate, you are a groundsman. Just go and fix it. What I mean? <laughs> And he was not happy. He he lost it in big time. I'll have you in the car park after the game. I'll have you in the car park. So I'm like, look, mate, do us all a favour and like, like just, would you? Anyway, his daughter was the scorer who sat next to Flinty. And bless her, she obviously got really like worried about it. She stood up. She's like, dad, 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 go away, go away. So we're lost. Curly, I think Curly was playing. He was wetting himself. And then Chris Moores turns around and says, well, to be fair, Craig, he has got a point, and he goes, that's that, Lawsy. What are you doing? <laughs> anyway, the guy the guy has gone to walk off, and Tom Key turns around and says, all right, Craig, what's well, a scrap happening then? And this guy absolutely loses it. At me. What are you saying? What are you saying? I was like, oh, I haven't said anything. Oh, it, it, was, it was absolutely hilarious. Hilarious. And the, the year after we played there again, and everyone was like, "Oh, should we start marking our fielding positions?" Like with a big scuff on the outfield or whatever. And I was like, oh, "I can't do that." And I felt so sorry for the guy. He got so worked up about it. Then you don't get up to him the year after and say, "Oh, mate, have you got any spray paint?" And I'm like, "Mark me one up on your outfield." Oh God! Oh, that was funny. Yeah, I forgot about that story. Belter that was absolutely belter. Very, very good, and and nice to welcome the better Flint to the podcast. On to our next question, Greg. Hi, Melly. It's Bimo here. Hope you're well and enjoying recording your podcast with Miles at the moment. I've just been doing some Googling and I think that you are actually the sports person in history that's made the most retirements and comebacks. So my question is, why do you think it is that you fall out of love with cricket at some point most seasons and then fall back in love with it quite so often? Thanks, mate. Looking forward to listening to the episode. Right. Well, interesting question, this. So, um... I think my my retirements and then uh, eventual come out of retirement revolved around the years of probably I don't know maybe two thousand and ten ish to two thousand and fourteen. Um, subsequently, coincided with captains such as uh, Tom Parfit, uh, Ben Morrison, and. Um, Nicholas Ross, um, and uh, let's just say they were absolutely shocking captains. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got to be honest, Nick Ross, 
that may be slightly harsh considering that he did get us promoted back up to the Premier League. Um, but uh, I, I suppose, you know, in all seriousness, I just went through, a, I mean, 2010 to 2014, I, I struggled. I really, really struggled. I wasn't playing regularly uh, with work. I was probably maybe only playing sort of 12, 13 games a season. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, I was playing a game here, missing a game, playing a couple of games, missing a game. And I, I just, I just really struggled, mate. I just didn't find any kind of rhythm in my bowling. I wasn't getting any wickets. Um, I think as a result, you know, at the time, I probably was a bit harsh on Farth and Benno and, and Rossi and felt that maybe they were letting me down as a, as a player. But I think in hindsight, perhaps obviously I couldn't provide them with any kind of, you know, continuity with selection, really. And as a result, my, my stats weren't particularly great in those years. Wasn't bowling that well. And then, you know, I mean, the reality is when I, when I, when I turn up and play cricket, I expect to bowl, I'll bowl well every week. And that's just not, not reality, really. But I think in that period of time, I just really struggled because obviously I had no rhythm, wasn't bowling well on a regular basis. I just couldn't handle it. So most of the time, my, my default response was, oh, I'll, just, I'll just retire. <laughs> <laughs> I think at one point I retired in the middle of a game. I think Parth bowled me second change and batted me at nine. And I literally just saw my arse. He was like, just stick this right up your arse, mate. I'm not playing again. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. And uh, an excellent question. It was a good one. It was a good one, to be fair. It was a good one, yeah. yeah. I forgot, I forgot how many retirements I've had. Quite a few. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, moving on to our next question, Craig. Afternoon, Craig Malrose. How do you feel about not being top of the bowling averages at the club? You know, I mean, when you've, when you've been playing since 1925, I mean, you, you should have more wickets than me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I mean, what can I say? I mean, if... If if Rob Porter wants to, you know, uh, milk the accolade of being the leading wicket taker in the first team, then he can have that. I, you know, I I, I I I I don't mind. You know, I mean, like I said, he's been. I mean, how old is he? About sixty. I mean, uh, he's 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 got to be know, approaching sixty, hasn't he? I mean, you know, uh, like. It's all it's all good and well having like four hundred and fifty wickets, but when four hundred and twenty five of those have been nine, ten, and eleven, you know, I mean, I'm not really sure that that's much to be gloating about. Let's be honest, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and that's not even talking about his batting. I mean, his batting. I mean, you know, the guy couldn't hit a cow's arse with a banjo, could he? Let's be honest. <laughs> Well, uh, on the subject of uh, of Rob Porter, there's another little question I'd like to chuck in the mix for you. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being absolutely feral and 10 being incandescent with rage, how fuming are you with Rob Porter when he comes on and bowls donkey drops to clean up the tail? You know, I mean, what can I say? I'm a team player. What can I say? You know, I'll bust a gut, mate. 15 overs at the top there. First 30 overs, I'll bowl 15 on the bounce ports. Don't you worry. You know, get a little two fur or a little three fur or whatever. You know, I mean, it's captain's prerogative, mate, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I mean, let's be honest, if he wasn't captain, he wouldn't have got on the fucking side, would he? You know, <laughs> let's be perfectly honest about this. You know, I mean, he's lucky to get a game for the over 40s. You know, uh, if he wants to come on and snaffle a couple of, a couple of bunnies, uh, burgle a few at the end, then uh, that's up to him. You know, I mean, I mean, what can I say? I don't want to. I don't want to sort of uh, 
steal an OAP stunder, you know. So, uh, you know, but leave it at that, shall we? Very good. And uh, moving on to our last question, Craig. Hi, Craig. Cal again. If you had to guess, who has been out more sweeping, you or Curly? Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah that's... Uh... That's uh, a good question, that, to be fair. I mean, I, I, in what context? Been out sweeping more in one season or just as a whole? I think I got out, I think I got out sweeping in one season about 14 times. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cal said to me the next, he went, Melly, he said, you need to stop sweeping. I was like, what do you mean you stop sweeping? He went, well, in order to sweep, you need to be uh, light on your feet and flexible, and you are neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are, t- uh, okay. we are talking. We are talking about the same man who very famously instructed Curly Moores not to play the sweep shot, uh, to which Curly then swept the winning runs for the first team in a game. So, frankly, what does Khalid Sawaz know about batting? And certainly, what does Khalid Sawaz know about sweeping? This is a man that favours the reverse sweep, which is not even a real sweep. So, uh, that's my piece. This is a man who's got a lady's haircut. <laughs> I'm surprised he can see when he's batting. Moving on from, uh, from, the, from the questions that we've got from... Uh, from some of the listeners, some of the some of the podcast regulars, fans, whatever you want to call them, um, I thought we'd try you with the word association, Melly, because there's a there's a few chaps in here that um, have obviously posed a few tricky questions to you, and I am going to give you the opportunity to uh, to perhaps get your own back. But um, I've got a few names of a few chaps at the club, people you've played with over the years, and uh, I just thought it'd be interesting to get your uh, get your word association. So uh, are, you, are you ready for this? I will, I will do my best. You put me on the spot. You put me on the spot here. I have. And uh, I do enjoy putting people on the spot. So, David Bostock. Ginger Ninja. Nick Burtis. Who? <laughs> Nick Ross. Shocking captain. Tom Parfit. LBW. James Cross. Smelly. Really smelly. Carl David Burgess. Enormous. <laughs> right. I'm going to uh, save the best from last. The, the people that have given you a bit of stick with the questions. Let's see what you've got for them. Jim Melrose. Uh, Niall O'Brien. Ben Morrison. Worst opening batsman Macclesfield ever had. <laughs> Richard Flint. Oh, Flinty. Um, what can I say about Flinty? Uh, just a nice lad. I can't say anything bad about Flinty. I'm really sorry. Just an absolute... <laughs> Stop, bloke. The scorer who gets involved in the warm-up. There we go. That's how nice he is. Correct. Khalid Sawaz. Oh, I mean, you know, what can I say? Pork? <laughs> oh, no. No, sorry. Sausage to the eye. And let me tell you this story, right? Let me tell you this story. So, 2009, right? Khalid has gone over to Oz. With, I think it was with, um, uh, who did he go over with? I can't remember. Anyway, regardless, he's in Melbourne. Me and Al, we've did a bit of travelling. Anyway, we're in Melbourne as well. Touch base with Cal. Anyway, Cal's knocking around with a guy called Nate Allen. Nate Allen used to be, was our overseas in 2008. Cracking bloke. 
really nice fella. His brother played at Mac uh, probably 2000, 2001, maybe, something around there, a couple of years. Lovely family. Dave's playing for um, Northcote in uh, in uh, Melbourne. Cal's gone over. Anyway, Nate's brother, Mick, he's playing at a club called Melton, I think, at sub-district cricket. Cal gets a gig there. Anyway, we're all in Melbourne, met up with Cal, fantastic. Saturday Saturday afternoon, Nate invites us to a beach party, right, in Melbourne, thinking, happy days, this is going to be fucking brilliant, this is, right? Me, Cal, Al and Nate, after the game on a Saturday, Nate's played. I, I don't even know if Cal had played to us. I don't think he had. I can't quite remember. Get in the car. Four hours in the car out out to out onto the coast, Melbourne coast. I don't fucking know where it was. Anyway, got there. Right? We got mega lost on the way. Ended up getting there about midnight. Everyone that's at the party is absolutely steamboats. They're all in bed, absolutely leathered. So it's just me, Al, Cal, and Nate getting steam in the four of us, right? Anyway, got there. We're thinking this beach house is gonna be amazing. Anyway, get there. Absolute shit all, mate, honestly. Like rat shit in the bed. Like me and Al sat in the car because there was rat turds in the bed, right? Anyway, Nate is that steaming. He gets dressed up in all this get up that he finds in this random closet in this house. Looks like fucking Jumanji, mate, honestly. Not even lying, right? So me and Nate are cooking up like some fried eggs and some sausages on, 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 on the hob in the kitchen, right? Outside, Al and Cal are sat on the campfire having a bit of a natter. And uh, Nathan Allen wangs a sausage across across the garden and it slaps Cal right on the side of the face. Mate, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen to this day. It, 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 mate, it still cracks me up. It, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Cal didn't have a clue what I'd hit him. Didn't have a clue what I'd hit him. Brilliant. And I dare say, not the first time he's had a sausage in his face. <laughs> no comment. Right, well... Uh... Finishing up the the word association here, we've got one name left. It's uh, it's your great mate, Rob Porter. Now I'm I'm torn here because I like giving Rob a lot of stick, but in all honesty, he's a cracking fella. We got on very very well, and he's a very dear friend. But f- he's old, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? How old is he? I mean, like I reckon Karen's going out with him because she gets some kind of benefits. <laughs> Very, very good indeed. I honestly thought you were gonna you were gonna pull the trigger and you were gonna go all sentimental there. You couldn't help yourself, could you? I mean, he's a shit house, but you know. <laughs> there we go. That's house uh, number one for the podcast. That's right, Craig. We're uh, we're just moving on towards the end of the podcast here, pal. So I'm gonna try you with the uh, the much vaunted quick fire questions. Are you ready? Go for it. So, nickname. Nickname. So Screech, Papadoms, Melly. Or Ports' favourite, Claude. Left or right-handed? Left-handed. Battle ball? Bowl. Fielding position? Fine leg. Test or T20? Oh, test all day, mate. All day. Best cricketer you've played with? Played with? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, didn't play a lot with Burks. Um, so, probably unfair to say... I, uh, Evan Gulbis, he was uh, he was a seriously good cricketer. Fastest bowler you faced? Uh, Andrew Flintoff. Messiest in the dressing room? Messiest in the dressing room. Now, I will say Crossy. I mean, he's just 
it, you know, I mean, not even because it's kit, just because of all the shit that Christabel brings it to the games. Do you know what I mean? Like tea cakes and penguins and like licorice black currants. <laughs> like, like, not like his cricket kit, tidiest guy in the world. Just food everywhere, absolutely everywhere. But Curly Moores, like, I remember Curly Moores just being messy. Interesting. I think that's yeah. the, that's the first time Curly's made an appearance in the uh, Curly Moores is, n- is not the tidiest. Although I can I just add smelliest kit, Paul, Paul Hughes. Oh, oh no, Mate. no, rancid, absolutely rancid. <laughs> Like I think my eyebrows fell off one game. Oh no, that's there's no there's no there's I've got no time for talking about that. I'm afraid. Oh, moving horrible. Moving swiftly onwards. Um, longest in the shower. Tell you most. First thing on your plate at teas. Chips. Drink of choice. Probably be a lager. Maybe uh, something really rubbish like a bud or a cause light or something. Takeaway of choice. Thai. Oh. I love me a bit of Thai. Don't we all? Dance move of choice. Uh, well, you'd know this if you better meet your fucking wedding, wouldn't you, big man? <laughs> eh? Well, Nipper, Nipper got an invite. He's a badger, an absolute badger. Quit pro quo. Quit pro quo. Uh, I don't know. Pole. <laughs> Very good. Three dream dinner guests. Who are they? Three dream dinner. Right. Okay. So. People probably won't know this, but uh, I absolutely love history. Anything to do with history, I absolutely love it. So, big fan of the Victorians. So, um, Isabel Kingdom Brunel, all day long. Um, Love a bit of time team. And I mean love time team. So, Tony Robinson. And um, there's a a nice young female that uh, does a lot of the... um, I think she's an anthropologist. The name's Alice Roberts. Um, so, uh, so yeah, those three. Then it'd be pretty interesting. Those three. I defy anybody who knows you in the universe to have picked any one of those answers. I know. That's, I know. Honestly, mate, I'm a, I'm a complex character. I'm I'm genuinely speechless after that. Mate, I just love history. I, I'm not even joking. I just apps anything and right back to the dinosaurs, all the way through. The different ages, uh, up, right up to the, I mean, the Victor, Victorians are my favourite. I mean, that, some of the shit those guys did was just unbelievable, you know. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so very good indeed. Well, just before we wrap up the podcast, mate, um, I would like to ask you about your sort of aims for this season. We've uh, we've just got finally the news that we can resume cricket. Um, we don't quite know when that's going to happen, but. Um, Hopefully it'll be within the next uh, weekend or the next two weekends, should I say. So, yeah, just uh, some aims for this season um, and uh, for next season. Uh, well, yeah, I think, you know, um, pretty, pretty sort of standard aims for this year. I think it just any sort of any sort of cricket would, would, would be nice. Um, you know, um, for those that, that don't know... Um, I, I, I signed for Leak in the winter, so uh, playing in the North Staff Southwest League this year. Um, the, the word in the street is that we're going to sort of get going on the, the 18th of July um, with, a, with a sort of 10-week programme, five T20s and five uh, cup games. We're going to split, split the league into 
into in, in half. So we'll sort of there'll be two leagues of six and we'll play um, each each team on a T20 in a cup game. So, you know, I mean, uh, I suppose from our perspective at a new club, you know, I suppose you'd like to do as well as you can and, and try and impress. But, you know, just to get a get some form of cricket would be uh, would be would, would, would be nice um, and then for next year uh, you know I mean I obviously moved for a reason things haven't quite quite worked out this year the way that I'd hoped obviously everything you know, with the COVID situation but um, you know uh, I, I suppose if I'm, if I'm being really honest I, I don't see a great deal changing. I think I'll, I'll still be at Leek um, and, and looking to uh, looking to do sort of as well as I can um, uh, there next year. Um, obviously, you know, I um, I turned thirty four yesterday, so um, you know, uh, not 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 a, a spring chicken by any means. So you know, hopefully, got another couple of years left in me, but uh, but yeah, you know. I mean, just to enjoy a bit of cricket, mate. You know, this year I think it's been a bit, been a bit, a bit shit for all of us, I suppose, isn't it? But um, by no means, uh, not, 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 not the worst, most worst off in society. So, uh, uh, been a bit of sun, bit of cricket, a few beers, and um, yeah, a few sixes. There we go. Happy days, Melly. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, any mate. any closing remarks before we wrap the podcast up? Uh, yeah. I suppose, uh, yeah, just uh, a couple of things really. You know, I think um, I've been a, I've been a pretty avid listener, mate. So I think you know all that you've done with the podcast, been fantastic. Uh, I mean, that first guest you had on was an absolute clown. I don't know who he was, but like, <laughs> you got to start somewhere, mate. That's all I can mate, say. Honestly, I think I fell asleep after about five minutes. He was boring, absolutely boring. You know. But uh, no, no. On a serious note, you know the podcast has been brilliant. You know, I've certainly uh, had a few chuckles listening to it in the car or at home or whatever. So, you know, uh, I think fair, fair play to you, mate. You know, you've done a fantastic job. Um, and just just to the club as a whole, really. Obviously, you know, like I said just a short while ago, I've sort of uh, moved on to Leek. You know, I've I've got such a lot of fun memories uh, from um, playing at Mac. Over the sort of last last twenty years, really, I mean, going back to excuse me, going back to the early sort of two thousands, playing with you know Yaz and Danny and Bard and Reedy and Beav and guys like that, you know, um, and and just got a lot of fun memories going out on a town on a Saturday night as a young boy and staying Yaz staying at Yaz's house. Um, and then yeah, just sort of over the last sort of 10, 12, 13 years, you know, played played cricket with some. Some really good guys, some absolute knobheads as well. But you know, uh, that is what it is. Um, you know, uh, I just wish the club all the best. Um, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, I think this season's a bit of a write-off, isn't it? But all the best for next season. Um, and uh, I'll uh, I'll try and get down for, for a beer when I can. And obviously, hope hope everybody's safe, hope everybody's well. Um, and I uh, hope to see everybody soon. So yeah. Melly, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. All the best. You're welcome, mate. Thanks very much. Take care.